Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers on the broadcast today. We're talking lithium with Bernard Rowe. He's the president of Ionary USA Corp. Here for the whole show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Story County is leading Nevada. Home of the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center, Google, Tesla, Panasonic, and other world-leading companies. Story County provides thousands of tech, advanced manufacturing, and logistics careers for Nevadans. We're diversifying and driving Nevada's economy and generating millions in tax revenue and billions in economic activity across Northern Nevada. Story County is leading Nevada's future. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. Retail's impact on Nevada's economy? Enormous. 8,600 businesses, large and small, employing 145,000 workers. And last fiscal year, retail paid tax on nearly $60 billion in sales. We're the Retail Association of Nevada. We support retail, we help it grow, and we mean business. R-A-N-N-V dot org. Pro Group Management is the place where companies can find workers' comp solutions that are designed to meet their specific business requirements. As regulations evolve, Pro Group takes a proactive approach to clear the path to make sure your business stays ahead of the curve. Knowing your workers' comp program is optimized, you can focus on other important matters related to your growing business. Pro Group Management, workers' comp that works for you. Forget the weather outside, there's a blizzard of points inside the Carson Valley Inn during the 15 million points giveaways. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday, including four 1 million point winners guaranteed. And don't miss the 2 million point grand prize giveaways. It's the 15 million points giveaways at the Carson Valley Inn. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad on No Holds Barred Political Forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we're delighted to welcome back, at this point, an old friend. <laughs> Bernard Rowe is president of Ioneer USA Corporation. Pleasure to have you back here, sir. Pleasure to be back with you, Sam, and uh, certainly I regard you as an old friend also. It's uh, great to be back on the show. Thank you. So, you know, with mining, at this point, what I have learned with all the lithium mining going on in the state is that the number one thing you need is not a degree in met metallurgy, but is patience because these things are not you know get it permitted in a year and done and you know you're producing lithium where are you in the process at this point in time with the blm etc so we're right at the very end of the process sam which is great news um, and you're right you do need patience but you know developing modern day mines does take a long time no matter where they are um, and, it, and every place has its unique challenges of course um, and there are some here in Nevada, and uh, that's just part and parcel of the business. Um, we started on this project in 2016, so that's seven years ago. You know, we finished the environmental baselines and all the background work several years ago now, and we've been working closely with both the BLM, the Fish and Wildlife Service, 
and the state government and in fact the county as well, Esmeralda County, um, you know, to take the project forward. And we have a mine plan of operation that is currently under NEPA, under, under review under the NEPA process. That started early last year, so we're a little bit more than 12 months into NEPA. Um, the NEPA document is currently under review, the draft, uh, with the agencies, and we're going to see it out in the public very soon. So, you know, we, we, we've still got a bit in front of us in terms of public review and comments, etc. Uh, but we're in the final stages when you, when you consider that, you know, it's a multi-year process to get to this stage. So, at, at this point, what has been the involvement of the federal government in the sense of, uh, you know, it becoming an issue of national security? I think made a big difference in the way that people were looking at these projects here in the state of Nevada, and including yours. Um, has that been a help in getting through some of these uh, roads that you've had to travel? I think that I think the the more collaboration between the various government departments, both you know federal and state, the better. I mean, all of the, or many of them have some sort of interest in these sort of projects, whether it be you know, the domestic supply chain and national security issues or environmental issues, water issues. So I think the, the more you have those uh, government agencies working in lockstep, the better. And we, we've actually seen that with our project. You know, we have very, very good and close relationships between Fish and Wildlife and the BLM, both sitting under, of course, the Department of Interior. But you know, we, we've secured a $700 million loan commitment for this project from the Department of Energy. And you know that we've been working closely with them over the last several years. So um, y yes, it has had an impact, and, and you know it, I think the spotlight on these critical minerals and in terms of national security has helped move things along, absolutely. Um, but you know you need to have those government agencies working, as I said, in lockstep to to sort of bring it all together. And we've been seeing that, and that's why we're confident around the culmination of that process happening for our project this year. This year, so 2024? Yes. So when you say completion of the process, so I mean is this actually boots on the ground, um, you know, starting the mining process? Yes it is. So from from the other aspects of the project, so in, which and what I'm specifically referring to there is engineering, we're ready. We, we've completed all of our detailed engineering. We're well above 70 percent detailed engineering design. So from an engineering perspective, our process plant is designed to the point, the level of detail that we could actually start pretty much tomorrow. Um, funding is another important part before you can actually you know, go and put boots on the ground. Companies have to make final investment decisions. The funding has to, has to be in place. Uh, we have How much more do you need? Um, well, that's something we're still finalising because we have to refresh all the numbers. So we, right. we, we did calculations back in 2020 when we finished a feasibility study. That was a different world financially. It was, yes. And look, there's no question, you know, the price of everything has gone up, labour, but also all the input materials, the steel, the concrete, everything. Um, transportation is a big cost for us because there's a lot of material that's got to be moved in. Um, but what I would say is we're, we're a long way there. We're almost there in, in the sense of the funding because we have the $700 million conditional commitment from the Department of Energy, the Loan Program Office, and we have a $490 million commitment from our, uh, again, conditional commitment from our uh, partner, Sabunya Stillwater. And so, you know, collectively, um, you know, around the one2 
billion dollars of funding sitting there available for this project. And um, is that enough to get started? It's certainly enough to get started, um, but you know, we again we have to refresh the numbers at the time that right. we're asking our board to make decisions. So you know, we've had further inflation over the last year or two, so we have to take that into account. We have to refresh the numbers at the time or shortly before we're asking you know, boards of directors to make financial decisions. But we're pretty comfortable where we're at given that level of funding. And um, so, you know, any gaps, then of course we would have to fill, but, you know, we feel pretty good about that. Uh, tell us about your potential partner here. So Sabanya Stillwater, um, a couple of years ago, we ran a process to attract a partner because we recognised that, you know, Irony is a small company. Um, and this is a big project. This is, you know, a plus billion dollar development project, and and it's a long life project. It's how many in, years? The, well, the initial mine life is twenty twenty six uh, or so years, um, and under the as defined by our feasibility study, but it it has potential to be much much longer than that. So, you know. Um, several generations, let's say. Yeah, because Thacker Pass surprised me. We went up there a few months ago, and I was surprised to find out that it was a 40-year project. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I'm confident that Rhyolite Ridge could easily be 40-plus years also, and I'm basing that on the resource that we've already defined by drilling. So there's sort of two parts, I guess, to any project. There's there's the part that you put the economics and the feasibility and everything else around because that's at a high level of confidence. But there's always other parts to the project that are at a lower level of confidence in terms of estimating exactly what's in the ground. You might have drilled it, but you haven't done enough drilling to fully define it, to put it into a, a mine plan. Um, so Rhyolite Ridge has ample, f if you take the, the lower level confidence material into account to, uh, to extend beyond. Um, and at this point, do you have people already lined up to purchase product? Absolutely, we do, and that's another... Which is a phenomenal thing, really, for any business. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, um, it is phenomenal, and maybe it's surprising to think that, you know, you haven't started construction, you're still finishing your permitting, and yet we have commitments from, from large companies to be buying the material. Now, there's, there's two reasons for that, doing that. One is we need those commitments because they're part right. of the financing uh, criteria. You know, you, you can't get billion dollar type fi financial commitments if you don't have uh, some contracts in place. So we have contracts in place binding offtake agreements with Ford, the Toyota Panasonic joint venture, which is called Prime Planet, and um, Echo Pro, which is a large Korean cathode maker that supplies cathodes that go into batteries in, in most makes of cars that people would be familiar with. So the, the other reason for us doing those agreements early though is also that we can then s ensure where that material goes. And what we've written into our agreements is that material must stay in the United States so that it can't be sent offshore, processed and then brought back when the facilities are available, okay, because not all of this is infrastructure is available today, but as it gets built, this material stays in the United States. It, the lithium chemical, which is a 98-99% sort of pure that's made down at Rhyolite Ridge in Esmeralda County, it's a high purity material. However, the battery makers, they still do a further purification step right. because they need super high purities that you wouldn't really entertain doing out at a mine site. 
but we're almost there, you know, at 99, 98, 99%. they then refine it further and then they put it into a cathode and the cathode goes into a battery. Now, for all of that to be uh, IRA, Inflation Reduction Act compliant, then that has to be done or the majority of it has to be done in the United States, both the extraction of the raw material and the refining. So by doing offtake agreements with companies that are committed to doing that, then this material will be IRA compliant. Okay, so that was a question somebody asked me the other day was, um, do we have the refining capacity in this country uh, to be able to do that, or do we still need it to say, to send it to China to have it sent back, um, putting us in the same boat that we're in now, which is where we're relying on China? Um, so the refining capacity is being built in the United States. Um, so. In time, it'll all be available here. Is it all available today? No. Um, Or it it is, but only in a limited extent. So, you know, in terms of the United States' ultimate requirement for lithium, we estimate it to be somewhere around about a million tonnes by the end of this decade or early into the 2030s, so a million tonnes. Is there a million tonnes of refining capacity here today? Absolutely not. Is there even a million tonnes of lithium? No, f- f- five thousand tons right. is what gets produced domestically from from Silver Peak. Right, you know the the one your neighbor, our neighbor. They, that's right. They're only uh, you know less than ten miles apart, um, but that capacity is being built, and it's being built by the partnerships between companies like our offtake partners, uh, Ford and SK are in partnership, which is the Blue Oval. Uh, Toyota and Panasonic are in partnership. And there are other car companies, obviously, as well, uh, but they're the ones that we have agreements with. So that 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 capacity is being built. There's commitments to build it. Okay. The 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 interesting thing, and as you know, I'm, I'm an Australian, and so Australia. What? No. <laughs> I thought you were Scottish. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So Australia produces a lot of lithium, but it's it's as a concentrate that's six percent. Okay. As against 99%. Correct. And that 6% concentrate gets shipped offshore for processing and refining. And the bulk of it goes to China because that's where the bulk of that capacity to convert that 6% into 99% is. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation today. So having a mine like Rhyolite Ridge where you're actually not producing 6%, you're producing 99%, you've already done a lot of that refining that happens in China for probably 60% of the world's to 60 to 70% of the world's lithium that comes out of Australia gets refined like that in China. Having a mine like Rhyolite Ridge already solves a big problem because that first purification step, and it's, and it's a big one to go from six to 99, is happening in Esmeralda County, or will happen in Esmeralda County. And that that's a function of the unique deposit, the lithium and the boron, that allows us to do that. Now. If, if there was a, a mine like we have in Australia here in the United States, which is the mineral spodumene, there is no spodumene conversion facilities in the United States today. So that would have to be built, but there's no mines either producing that material. Um, so now this South Korean company, um, are they taking advantage of the IRA um, uh, bill to be able to uh, work with you rather than uh, buying the lithium from China, for example? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that applies to all the players in the US. So, so this was a, a total game changer. 
Absolutely, yes, yes. And you know, it's fine, I, and I don't want to get into a big political discussion. I, I just want to make a point mm. that it seems like the administration has missed out with all the noise of the election cycle on some of the things that they have done that are really moving things along technologically uh, for the green economy. There's certainly been a lot of progress made, absolutely, and, and, and commitments you know, from these um, companies that are pr predominantly Korean and Japanese that are partnered with United States car makers or like a Toyota that have a manufacturing industry already in the United States, that they, they, they are, they've made big commitments, big investments to make sure that this entire supply chain is developed here. And, and to be honest, that's got to happen. But they have to, right? They have to. To comply with the law. Exactly. And to be yeah, compliant with the Inflation Reduction Act and, and then hence um, be eligible for some of the rebates, tax rebates, etc., for electric cars. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. And that, that's another whole topic. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, very exciting times uh, for the lithium industry. Bernard Rowe is here. He's president of INA USA Corp. And we'll be right back. Truck drivers are some of the hardest working people you'll meet delivering over 70% of America's freight and 92% of Nevada's. When there's a natural disaster, they're delivering critical supplies to help those communities recover and rebuild. Every sector of the economy and our nation's military rely on truck drivers. So let's take a moment to say thank you. On the open road or city streets, our truck drivers are rolling to make our economy and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low, and our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way, because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. The Nevada Builders Alliance has been protecting the interests of the construction industry for over 50 years. Our programs save members thousands of dollars every year and allow them to provide much needed benefits to their employees. Our industry also allows Nevada to grow. If you're thinking about a career in the construction industry, reach out. And if you haven't thought of a career in construction, what are you waiting for? We are the Nevada Builders Alliance. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Bernard Rowe. He is the president of Iron Air USA Corp. They have the lithium mine at Rhyolite Ridge. Um, let me ask you this. We, we are seeing lots of companies now. Well, when I say lots, I mean large companies with large amounts of money building chip factories. I'm presuming that that is just great news for lithium miners. It is. Um, it's actually even greater news from from some companies like like us who produce other elements as well, like like boron, um, because they go into some of those um, materials. And there's other critical elements and minerals as well that are that are you know critical in the supply of chip manufacturing. Um, but I, I think it's a similar sort of situation with the chip manufacturing that the recognition that you don't just need to make chips. You need to be able to have a secure supply chain right. to dig up the materials and refine them and then put them into a chip. It's not much point making chips if you have to then 
re rely on an unfriendly country for 100% of the supply. And if they decide to, to hold back that supply, that there's no alternative sources. So in, in that sense, it's a very similar situation to lithium. Okay, let's talk geopolitics now that you brought that up. Okay, so when you look at the public soundings of the United States, of China, there are messages that are sent out for the consumption of the public, but they're not necessarily the messages that are really uh, interacting between those companies and you know the the behind the scenes. For example, you know Sig Rogic, who's been a guest on this program many times, heads up the group that works with international businesses from the United States that deal with China and vice versa, and there's stuff going on all the time. China needs the United States. The United States needs China. How does that play into, you know, when you, when you, you read a piece of news and, and your hair stands on end, but then what's the reality of the relationship between China and the United States? Yeah, I think you sum it up quite well that, you know, they, they need... <laughs> That's frightening in they, itself. <laughs> they need, well, they need, they need, there's a need for it, uh, both of them and they need each right. other because they are the two largest economies in the world. And, and trading partners. And trading partners, exactly. Uh, they're the two largest uh, vehicle um, uh, markets in the world as well. And so you, you can't just simply say, well, separate one from the other and everything will be... Uh, you know, the status quo will, will be maintained. That's that's not possible. So, um, you know, look, I, I think that I, I can talk about it in the context of the lithium market. You know, it's an unhealthy situation where you have 70 or 80% of materials that are so critical to an, making an electric vehicle coming from one place. It doesn't sure. matter where it is, right? really. And if you're sort of having to move that around the world, not only is it uh, not a safe situation to be in. It's also in very inefficient, you know, because you're moving these products all around the world, and those supply chains can then be easily disrupted. Um, we've seen we we saw that very much, much during COVID. But yeah, that's right. And and more recently, global shipping that's being disrupted around the in parts of the world. So, you know, th there's many reasons why it makes a lot of sense to create domestic supply chains. And you know, one of the big ones is jobs, job creation, particularly in rural areas. And um, so I, I think the way we look at it is that, and, and I, I think the government look at it like this also, is that you know that there's a whole lot of reasons why you want a domestic supply chain that's safe and secure for something so critical as your, your car market. And having so much of the material coming through one country is not a great and sustainable situation. To and say so the least. Let, let's take another quick break yeah. and then we'll be right back. Mm. Welcome to the Winnemucca Big R. Hi, I'm John Walker. Welcome to Big R Love Lock. Hi, I'm Rich Martin. Welcome to Fallon Big R. My name is Braden. Welcome to Big R Friendly. Hi, I'm Kelly. Welcome to Big R Sparks. We're at Tamarack Casino at Nevada Steak with Chef Mike Mahoney. You have fabulous food here. This halibut is extraordinary. The halibut was awesome. It was fun to cook. You get a nice sear on top, and then we base that with a little bit of butter and garlic and herbs and stuff. It's, it's fabulous. It's a lot of butter. It is. And it looks really good, and it tastes even better. 
I'm trying this, which is the crab cake. You've got this crispy coating on the outside. What is that? Actually, that's cornflakes. Huh? Cornflakes. Really? Yes, sir. It, the crispiness of the cornflake just adds more crispiness to the already, you know, crispy crab cake. It's, it's awesome. It's my favorite. And I'm a crab cake fanatic. Okay, this I just tried for the first time. It's ahi tuna mm -hmm. in a whole different way. Ahi tuna, it's a tuna tartare. It's ground up. Uh, we mix it with a little bit of spicy mayo, a little avocado puree, and our house-made ponzu sauce in there as well. It tastes to me like sushi without the rice. It's, it's got all the flavorings, but it's absolutely delicious. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. All right, ribeye steak. Ribeye steak, classic. Harris Ranch, certified Angus beef. You can't go wrong with a good steak here. Uh, no, and that ribeye is particularly good. Um, again, we tried that earlier. Mm -hmm. It is fabulous. The wedge salad. Um, I love a wedge salad that comes with a giant hunk of bacon on it. So you've got healthy and you've got bacon. A little bit of indulgence. Wrong? Yeah, a little indulge. Uh, what's great about this one is the bacon is cooked fresh to order for every single salad. So it's nice and hot. Folks, you've got to come to Tamarack, the casino in South Reno. It is a fabulous place to begin with. It's made even more fabulous by Nevada Steak and your great food. Thank you for inviting us. And we will be coming back over and over because I'm in love with this tuna. I'm in love with the crab cake. Well, the ribeye's pretty, well, the halibut. It's all good, folks. Just about everything. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Bernard Rowe. He is the president of Ionair USA Corp. Uh, they are the ones that are running the lithium mine uh, that's gonna, about to come into production, hopefully later this year at Rhyolite Ridge. One quick question here. Um, so we've seen um, a little bit of reticence with some of the auto manufacturers in terms of producing electric vehicles because the public at this point is still not convinced the electric vehicles are the way to go, and part of it is range anxiety. Do you think that this is just a temporary lull and that we are too far down this road for it to, uh, to end? I do see it as a temporary lull. I think, not surprisingly, when you're transitioning like we are, there's always going to be some teething problems. And there are teething problems, we have to recognise that. And we have to recognise that electric vehicles are not the solution for everybody at the moment. But Sam, I rented one in Melbourne, just a few weeks ago at Christmas, I drove up to Stall in Victoria to see my mother, and I love driving it, and I had no problems with the range. Um, so, you know, uh, these things are things that can be resolved, okay? And battery technologies are changing rapidly. Energy density, how much, essentially, energy can you put in a battery determines how far you can drive. Well, the other part of it, too, is uh, the, the best example I can think of is your phone. You know, it used to be that you have to charge your phone constantly. Now your phone can last you all day long and maybe into the next day without it being a problem. And you can buy battery backups to give you three recharges. That was not existent, you know, five or 10 years ago. So, well, of course, iPhones weren't existent <laughs> 10 years, years ago. ago. But anyway, I, I'm so pleased for you. It's been such a long road. I can't wait for you to come back and tell us more when you're about to break ground. And it sounds like we'll be doing that this year. Let's hope so. Thank you very okay, much, Sam. Okay, fingers crossed, man. And we'll be right back. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real. It's growing. And it needs your help. 
go online to carsoncitygreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suite. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Thanks for watching Nevada Newsmakers. You can catch us online 24 hours a day at nevadanewsmakers.com or you can download the podcast wherever you like to get your podcasts. We'll see you on the next broadcast.